Hello everyone and welcome to the Carolinas Georgia Pro Wrestling Report. Uh, it has been a crazy couple of weeks uh, in the Carolinas and Georgia with a lot of controversy. We've got the Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards uh, being awarded. We got winners out there and we've got some tensions in North Carolina. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the CPWA winners. And I want to talk about what 2021 may look like, in particularly uh, with the Carolinas. First of all, if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash double dropkick. I promise you, the last two weeks, We've had the news, we've had the scoops, we've had the inside story, all the drama you've seen on Facebook, all the back and forth. We've had uh, what's going on behind the scenes. So patreon.com slash double dropkick. Support the calls and get more. Car Listen, you will get guaranteed more Carolina's wrestling news and analysis than anywhere else in the country. Everybody else just scratches the surface. We, di we dig deep. And we look at things. And so in a sense, this episode of the report is, is going to give you a little taste of that. So first, let's talk about the Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards. Every year, there is some, I mean, there's complaints or what have you that there are some promotions that are overlooked. Uh, that there are, there are people that are overlooked. Well, this year, because of the pandemic, Redbeard, Robert Truesdale, opened up the nominations and the fan voting, uh, and the voting to fans. There was no panel. There was no, you know, quote-unquote secrecy. It was all transparent. It was right out there in the open. The polls, the nominations, you could see everything. And what you saw this year was a little bit of a shift. And I know some people think there's and there, uh, some people think there's cliques in Carolina's wrestling. There are. There are multiple cliques. There are multiple circles of influence. Some have more influence than others. Some of them are just a circle. They don't have any real influence. But with the pandemic and promotions like AML and PWX not running for most of 2020, it opened things up. And so we had a lot of award winners, a lot of award finalists, who typically have not even been in the conversation. We had people getting recognized that really hadn't been recognized before. So what does that mean? I think it means two things. 
more and more, and this is all going to tie together, we're seeing more and more promotions open up. And some of these promotions are in the same area, the same region, the same town, drawing the same fans. And so those fans had a voice in these nominations and voted. We saw a lot of nominations from wrestlers. And we saw we saw a lot of uh, hey, I nominate you, you nominate me. I mean that's that's just a fact, you know. That's that's part of the system. We saw people behind the scenes where you didn't see people, but the high, behind the scenes, we saw major campaigning. We saw the CPWA's Facebook group grow from 1,900 to almost 3,000 people. We saw the referee of the year category, the winner, getting more winning votes than any other category. I'm not, I'm not even sure. There were some people nominated. I don't know how many shows they worked. I don't know how many refs they matched. I don't know how many matches they wrestled. None of that mattered this year. None of it mattered. Redbeard did his best to make sure you had at least worked in North Carolina or South Carolina. I know for a fact there were people, there were finalists, maybe even winners, who worked less than a handful of shows. But again, the fans spoke, the fans voted. Some of them, some people joined the group to vote for their friends. That was the system this year. And some people took advantage of that system. I don't mean that in a bad way. They took advantage of the system more than others. So now, all of these winners, Charisma, the young lady winning ring announcer of the year. First time that I've been around these awards that Brett Wolverton was nominated did not win. Now people are wondering, who is this young lady? Where is she ring announcing? Can we see her online? Where? So the spotlight's on her. Where is she working? She's work, She's getting out there. She's working a lot of places. So the, the spotlight is on people like her. Stephen Fry's been around a long time as a manager. Finally recognized this year as a manager of the year. I think more for his work over time than necessarily what he did in 2020. But again, the fans spoke. I'd like to see Steven. I'd like to see all these people. I would, I've said it publicly, behind the scenes, wherever. I think if you're going to have awards for North Carolina and South Carolina, one of the prerequisites should be you have to work in both states. We'll get to that. We'll get to the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina a, bit, a little bit later. Yeah, there's hoops you got to jump through to 
wrestle in South Carolina, to ring announce in South Carolina, to ref in South Carolina. But if you're really serious and you want to branch out, what does it hurt to get your wrestling license? To be able to go to more places. I know for a fact, pretty much, if you can get your license in January, every year, you can get booked somewhere in January. Because that's how slow the process is and that's how slow some people are in getting their wrestling license in South Carolina. Patrick Scott posted his license on Facebook the other day. He's ready to go. It's January. He's ready to start working. You got uh, Rising Star of the Year, Zuka King. I said behind the scenes, I've said that I voted for Zuka King Fire of the Carolinas because I, to me, Rising Star is more of a, a rookie kind of award. Zuka King's passed that. I voted him for Fire of the Carolinas. But Zuka King, very deserving. Whether he won either award, very deserving. Joshua Cutshaw, someone who has started branches, branching out. If you had asked me three months ago if I would have considered him for Fire of the Carolinas, he's probably not a name, uh, and again, not a knock on his talent or where he wrestles. He's just not a name that would have been in my head for that conversation. But again, the fans spoke. He's gotten out there. He's wrestled various places. He has this, He has an entertaining style. He, a unique style. You got the tag team of the year, New Age Villains. Would love to see them get booked in South Carolina. Maybe they're licensed in South Carolina. Not sure. Would love to see them kind of branch out. James Johnson, Wrestler of the Year. It, it looked like his 2021 might get cut short. Suffered an injury at Excalibur last weekend, last Sunday. But it appears, according to Johnson, he just dislocated his knee. It popped back in. He's good to go. That would have been that would have been terrible to have the highlight such short lived to to literally get hurt on the day you win the award. That would have been horrible timing. All of these people, again, the spotlight's on them. What are they going to do? in 2021 where are they going to wrestle who are they going to wrestle I think the predominant attitude among many wrestlers is quantity over quality I think there is a certain point in a wrestler's career where they need to be working everywhere they can. They need to be getting those reps. They need to be not even questioning who they're working. But I think as you grow as a wrestler, as you improve, I do 100% absolutely believe there are some shows you should say no to. I think... Absolutely believe that. 
I believe as a wrestler, you need to grow. And if there is a promotion that's only drawing 20 to 25 people, I think you get to a point where you outgrow that. It's not worth the injury, especially if you're not getting paid. You have to think about your life outside of wrestling. You have to weigh the cost versus the benefits. And so I'll, I'm very interested to see our award winners, their choices in 2021. Do these awards open up doors for people? I don't think that it, I don't think doors necessarily open because oh you were wrestler of the year you were rising star of the year oh we're definitely going to book you but I do think it when a person is truly deserving of the award and they have done all the little things that build up to build. Uh, the fan support, to build the support of their peers, to, to earn the respect of bookers and promoters in the Carolinas, that that's what opens the doors. 2020 was such an unusual, crazy year as far as wrestling. 2021 is going to be crazy too. Let's talk about that. Maybe you're listening to this and you don't know the difference between North Carolina and South Carolina wrestling. Let me let me just kind of fill you in a little bit. South Carolina has an athletic commission that is overseen by the South Carolina legislature. They have uh, meetings in Columbia. You can go on uh, the South Carolina Athletic Commission website. You can see a calendar. So, in order to have a wrestling promotion in South Carolina, number one, whoever the promoter is, they have to have a license. And to get that license, you have to pass a background check. You, you, you get a background check, you have to pay a fee, you get your promoter's license. And when your name is on that license, you assume responsibility for that show and when you book when you book a show say I'm running a, a show January 16th in Clemson South Carolina at such and such venue I've got to get a permit from the athletic commission from for that show I have to fill out the permit I have to pay my permit fee and as part of that po permit I have to give the athletic commission a list of the wrestlers performing on that show along with their license number. So to wrestle in South Carolina, you have to have a license from the South Carolina Athletic Commission. You have to fill out the form, you have to pay your fee, and here's where it gets tricky sometimes, you have to have a physical. And it's not just when you take the form of the doctor, he fills it out, you mail it in. This, this physical form has to either, if, if, if my memory is correct, someone, if there's a wrestler listening, I'm wrong on this. Uh, but it has to be either mailed in from the physician's office, but more often than not, it is faxed in or uh, you know scanned and emailed. But that 
physical form has to go directly from the doctor to the athletic commission. They can't just fill out your form, give it to you, and you mail it in. It has to come directly from the doctor. Uh, again, let me a little more behind-the-scenes tidbits. When big-time wrestling has run in Spartanburg, uh, one of the ways that they have kind of gotten around this, and this has gotten people from the athletic commission in trouble, that, I mean, literally, there are people who have allegedly lost their jobs because of how this was handled, but let's say they bring in a wrestler for the big-time show, they bring in a doctor, they also bring in someone from the athletic commission, the doctor performs the physical there, the physical signed off on, everything's taken care of in person the day of the show. What we know from 100% fact is that there are, there are wrestlers who wrestled for big time wrestling in Spartanburg who were supposed to have gotten a physical, supposed to have gotten a license, supposed to be have gotten approved, who wrestled early in the year for big time wrestling, this was several years ago, but who were booked in South Carolina later in the year with the assumption, oh, he's already got his license, therefore, we can go ahead and book him. But once the booking was made to realize, oh my goodness, he does not have a license, he wrestled unlicensed at the big time wrestling show, so now there's issues. And allegedly that issue, that very thing, may have cost somebody their job. I'm just speculating on that. I know that there are promotions around the state that have used unlicensed wrestlers. And when you use an unlicensed wrestler, it's a fine on the wrestler. It can be a fine on the promoter. So when the promoter fills out that permit form, he has to give a list. Now you can put somebody's name on your permit who's in the process of getting licensed. But like I mentioned Patrick Scott, Patrick Scott, his license number's never gonna change unless he goes years without getting one and then kind of reapplies. But typically, it's going to be the same number every year. It's just whether it's expired or not. So he's just renewing. And that's something, once you're there, you can renew online and then get your physical facts in. But there are a lot of people already in 2021, people who have been booked for shows in South Carolina who are not going to be wrestling on those shows because they failed to get a license. I say all that to say, wrestling in South Carolina can be complicated. There are rules. After the show, a promoter in South Carolina, you have to fill out a gate receipt form. Whatever your total ticket sales were, you have to pay a 5%, I mean, for lack of a better word, a 5% tax on your ticket sales to the athletic commission for some shows and all of those gate receipt forms are available to the public through the Freedom of Information Act. I can tell you right now when, you know, I could go back uh, 
when WWE, when NXT came to Spartanburg a year or two ago, I can tell you what their total ticket sales were. Again, all those forms. And you would be surprised. You would be surprised how many promoters on Facebook will report one number to the public, hey, we drew this many people. And when they report to the Athletic Commission to pay their taxes, they report an entirely different number. I always say the number's somewhere in the middle. There's the number you tell the fans, there's the number you tell the commission, and somewhere in between is the actual number of people that were there. To run a show in South Carolina, you gotta have guardrails. You can't bleed. There's certain things you can and can't do. Technically, you're not allowed to swing a chair outside of the ring. You're not allowed to fight in the crowd. There are rules and regulations. Think about this, you may not know this. In South Carolina, wrestling is just as regulated as boxing and MMA. It's considered a sport. It's regulated as a sport. So right now, what you have in North Carolina and South Carolina under the pandemic and what we're living in is literally, I mean, North Carolina and South Carolina already have two separate rules. Under, under the pandemic, that's become even more amplified. South Carolina currently, to run a wrestling show or, or other type of events, uh, it's one of two numbers. It's 50% of the capacity with a max of 250. So if, you know, if a building held 2,000 people, you could have 250 people. If your building's regulated for 100 people, you can have 50 people. What we have in North Carolina right now, the tension in North Carolina is a debate on numbers. The North Carolina statute, the the, you know, the law that's out there now, the phase that they're in, claims that you can't have more than 10 people for a mass gathering. Now, this is not, <clears throat> this is not apply to churches and other organizations, but for something like a wrestling event, the max would be 10 people. That's the law. There's a little disagreement because some of the places where shows are running in North Carolina claim, well, our building is rated as this, we are zoned as this, and so our number is different. And so some of the buildings in North Carolina, in particular the building in Lincolnton, they're zoned as a gym. It's a place where you have birthday parties, they've got inflatables, they've got games, they're rated as a gym. And so under the current environment, from their vantage point, they can have a max of 65 people. So this is where the tension comes in, in in North Carolina. You have several larger promotions in North Carolina who have not been able to run, who have not even attempted to run, because it's not profitable for them to run a show where they can only have, depending on the bill where they could only have 10 people. 
Because to them, that's the number. Mass gatherings, maximum number of 10 people. It's right there. I mean, it's in black and white. I'm not, you know, these things have been posted on various, the various wrestling groups. So people are saying, well, why aren't you running? These guys are running. Some people think, well, if we ran with more than 10 people, we would be breaking the law. And other people think, we're not breaking the law. We're rated for this number. We're okay. And that's the tension. Because there's nobody to regulate it in North Carolina. In North Carolina right now, professional wrestling is the wild, wild west. Whereas in South Carolina, again, we've seen shows canceled. And again, there's some people who you know, believe there shouldn't be any shows right now, no matter if you had 10 people. That's why this weekend, PWX's X-16 is going to be in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Because they can run in Rock Hill and have a profitable show with a maximum crowd of 250. And they're running in a huge building. I believe it's a building 20 plus thousand square feet. They're only using 6,000 square feet of it. It's a huge building. The seating's gonna be dispersed. Again, you either think it's okay or you don't. But the fact is, PWX will be able to run their show this weekend following the guidelines and the laws of the Athletic Commission and the current restrictions of South Carolina. And there will be no doubt whether their show is legal or not. Again, I'm not debating safe, not safe, should they have it, should they not have it. We're talking about the law. And PWX will be following the letter of the law this weekend. And they're doing that so they can have a profitable wrestling show. And that is the point of wrestling. Maybe not to the fans or even to a wrestler. But wrestling is a business. Some people, for some people, it's a hobby. So if they make, they don't really care how much money they make. It's just kind of a fun thing for them, and that's fine. And the tension we're seeing in the Carolinas now is that tension between the people who, it's just fun, it's just a hobby, we're just doing this with our friends, it, you know, it's not really about the money, you know, and they're looking at the people who run their wrestling promotions as a business to be profitable, to be safe, to be legitimate. They're like, well, you guys could be running too. Don't be mad at us for running. You guys could be running. And there's a lack of understanding. Here's the thing. Things in the current state of our region, things are going to get stricter before they open up. I believe even now, I'm not sure when the, cur the curfew 
in North Carolina lifts. But you've had some of the shows in North Carolina running earlier, running their shows earlier because of the curfew that's in North Carolina, that you you can't be out between, I believe it's 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. You can't be out at you know bars, restaurants, that kind of thing. So it's going to be very interesting as we go through 2021. Because here's the thing. Even if you're just doing wrestling as a hobby and you're not really thinking, you don't you're not really concerned with making money, the money's gotta come from somewhere. The money to pay talent, rent a building, rent a ring, pay for equipment. But if we're being honest, a lot of hobby promotions and a lot of other promotions keep their prices down by not paying people. A lot of people are surprised. When I when I talk to fans in the region, they say, hey, how much does that wrestler make? And I tell them, they're shocked because they just assumed all these wrestlers are making hundreds of dollars every show, and that's not the case at all. Fans would be even more shocked to discover how many wrestlers are wrestling for free. The old cliche about a hot dog and a handshake is funny because it's true. And some people think that went away with the past, but I'm under the impression it's more prevalent than ever. Twenty twenty one is going to be a test. A lot of new promotions and new buildings and new wrestlers and new venues have popped up trying to fill in the gap left by the pandemic. We've gone from having no wrestling to now literally within two hours of where I live in Clemson, South Carolina, there's a show I could go to every single weekend in the middle of a pandemic. There's more wrestling I could go to personally than before the pandemic. The fact is, at the end of the day, perseverance is what pays off. And when it comes to wrestling, perseverance is the color green. It's money. Nobody can waste money like wrestling promoters. Believe me, I know. And when the money runs out, and when the passion runs out, and when the pandemic is over, that's when we'll really see. Right now, there are a lot of fans not comfortable going to wrestling shows. Some shows are broadcasting live on Facebook. They're broadcasting live on YouTube. Extreme World Wrestling announced they're going to be on Spectrum Television in North Carolina starting in March, that they're going to be on the Fight Network, Fight TV. Some promotions are part of networks, whether it's their own network or on the High Spots Network. Some may be on IWTV. But for the fans who are staying home, what are they watching? What are their favorite promotions doing to keep them connected? 
I think 2021 has has the potential to be a huge opportunity for many promotions and many wrestlers. 2020 caught us all off guard. It left us all scrambling. We weren't really sure what to do. We've kind of started to get our equilibrium back. But these award winners I mentioned, these new promotions popping up, my challenge to all of you is what are you going to do in 2021 to set yourself apart? Because here's what's happening now, currently. There's a lot of promotions running the same buildings, using the same people over and over and over. Is anything standing out? Fans, their vision eventually is going to adjust to what they're seeing. And they're going to start distinguishing between what's really good, what's good, and what's not so good. And if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, there's a lot of shows where it's more of one and not the others. Sooner or later, fans start discerning. And when that happens... Where are they going to turn for their wrestling? Fans will come to your show because they like you and you're nice and you were nice to them at your gimmick table and you interact with them and they appreciate that. But if you don't improve as a wrestler, sooner or later that goodwill might run out. We can all be better. I can be better. You can be better. And so whether your show's running every two months or a month or every week or every two weeks, 2021, we all have a decision. Are we going to do the same old thing? Or are we going to take it to the next level? I think when 2021 is over, we'll be able to see. We'll be, see, we'll be able to see the people who did the same old thing the people who showed their true colors and the people who really understand and take advantage of these days we're living in. There's more wrestling than ever now. Sometimes I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Some people think that's amazing. The fact is it's easier to get into wrestling now than it ever has been. If you're listening to this podcast, probably within two and a half, three hours of where you live, there is someone willing to train you to be a wrestler or a ref. That's a fact. Really, all you have to do to be a wrestler is know someone who will put you in a ring. You don't have to pass. You don't have to train for 10 weeks. You don't have to train for 12 weeks. You don't even have to train for a week as long as somebody will put you on a show. And we're starting to see shows and matches 
people who have been wrestling for five years or, and that's a, that's another distinction. Somebody, I saw somebody posted this on Facebook. I think it was Alex Zane, uh, wrestler from, you know, from the Tennessee Midwest area. I'd love to see him in the Carolinas. He's a talented young man. Alex Zane says, man, somebody tells you they got 20 years experience, which means they wrestled once a year for 20 years. That's the thing. And does it really matter if you wrestled 100 matches if they were all against people who weren't trained and weren't any good and it didn't help you get any better? So again, we're going to see, we're going to see in 2021... Some people are going to separate themselves from the pack. Tag teams, wrestlers, refs, promotions, and that's exciting to see. I think we're going to be excited to see partnerships between national promotions and some of our local promotions. I think we're going to see some of our regional talent signed to contracts, NXT and AEW. We're going to see more and more of our talent on shows like AEW Dark. And that's exciting. And if you're a wrestler listening to this, you've got to really ask yourself how you get to that next level. I talked to a promoter yesterday. I asked him. I said, so do you think that getting to the next level and getting booked on your show is 50% wrestling talent, 25% attitude, and 25% the networking and relationships? And he said... He didn't even think the wrestling was that important. That attitude and relationships were most important to him. Now, he wasn't going to book anyone who wasn't a good wrestler, who wasn't solid, who didn't have the right footwork, who wasn't safe. But I guarantee you, if I talked to 10 wrestlers and they said, and I asked them what it took to get to the next level, they'd probably say 100% wrestling ability. And they'd miss the mark. And so you've really got to ask yourself, you've got to ask the right people, what do I have to do to be on your show? What do I have to do to get to the next level? 2021 is that opportunity. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a tense year. And at the end of 2021, there's going to be some promotions that aren't around anymore. There are going to be people wrestling right now who aren't wrestling anymore. Wrestling is a cyclical business. And keep your eyes open because some of the people you're seeing at some of these local shows in the Carolinas and Georgia by the end of the year are going to be wrestling on your TV every week. And that's exciting. And that's why I keep watching wrestling. And that's why I go to shows. And that's why I'm passionate about Carolinas and Georgia wrestling because of the opportunities that are out there. It's cool for us as a fan to know, hey, I saw that guy when he wrestled in front of 10 people. I went to a show with Cedric Alexander. There were 12 people there. And Cedric Alexander wrestled like he was in the main event of WrestleMania. And he didn't even win the match that night. It was absolutely incredible to see. Cedric Alexander is an incredible talent. And there's not a lot of Cedric Alexanders coming through here right now. He, just what a gifted athlete. So, 
That's what's happening in wrestling. I would love to know what you think. If you've seen this post on Facebook, leave me a comment. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me, yeah, correct me. If you're listening to this through Patreon, hey, you need to become a patron. But you can leave a comment too. I want to have the discussion. We're all just fans. And we all want to see good wrestling. And I think there's going to be some in 2021. And I'm excited to go to X16 this weekend. I think there's going to be some surprises. And you'll hear my report on that show next week on the Carolinas, Georgia Professional Wrestling Report. So I'm Heath Mulliken. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.